0: in a Sign is a podcast by Open Table Nashville, where our friends on the streets share their stories, thoughts, and insights. These conversations remind us that people are more than their homelessness. Hi, Sally. Hi, how are you doing? I'm good. And then do you want to introduce yourself? Yes.
1: My name is Sally. I'm originally from Detroit, Michigan. I've been in the Nashville area for about 30 something years. I'm the youngest of seven. Uh, there's only four of living in my family. My mom is deceased. My dad's deceased. I have sisters and brothers and nieces that um, has gone on with the Lord. Um, I accepted the Lord when I was 17 um, in February of 1980. I am 59 years old now, so I've been saved for a while. But I, was always, I wasn't always living a Christian life because when I accepted Christ, I was a child. And I just thank God for giving me the opportunity to be saved. Um, it's strange how God works because he went through a pastor and his wife, um, a church that my mom, when they were living, had started going to in Michigan. And um, I would get up every morning and like every Sunday and see my mom and them faithfully going to church. And they would I invite me to come and I did everything I could not to go. I was making excuses. And so one day the Lord just kind of convicted me Um I wanted to know what that was about. And so I kind of got in some little trouble in a situation. And um, the pastor and his wife, they came and talked to me. And they was like, well, God is not going to get you out of this, which he can get you out of this. But they came up to the jail. I was in jail. And they came up to the jail. And they started telling me about Christ and how he can save my soul. And I remember just as vividly today how I accepted Christ as my Savior I knew exactly what I was doing, and I meant what I was doing. And that's how I became saved, and I've been a child of God ever since.
0: So how do you see yourself?
1: Um, I see myself now as a child of God. Before I was um, saved, I just saw myself as rich because that's actually what I was. Because I wasn't saved. I was living in the world. I didn't have that protection or that covering that I have over my life now from being saved, and now I see myself as an ambassador for Christ, um, a missionary for Him, uh, just trying to do the will of God and trying to help someone else come to know Him before there's before
0: it's too late. So how do you think other people see you, like if they just saw you walking down the street, or maybe how do you think your friends or family see you? Well, they see me as a
1: truly changed person because um, all my life I was hard-headed. I wasn't a bad person, a bad child, just hard-headed. Nobody can tell me what to do. I didn't care. I didn't want to hear anything. It's just, I'm going to do what I want to do if
0: it kills me. Why do you think that was?
1: I don't know where that came from. Um, My dad was kind of like a mean person. He wasn't a bad dad. I love my dad today. Um, I miss my dad so much because it was like a lot of my dad I really didn't get to know. Because as we grew up, we were in the home. He was there. My mom was there. But I was always just gone all the time. And now that I look back over my life... I wish I could have spent more time with my dad and with my mom, which my mom, she worked all the time and my dad worked till he couldn't work anymore. Cause he had got hurt in the army. So, um, I see myself as a very changed person because then, you know, I didn't care. It's not that I didn't care. I didn't listen. And, and now I wish I had a listen. I heard a lot of things my mom said that she probably think I didn't hear, but I, I can still hear them vividly today. And, A lot of times, like now, if a person look at me, they know I've changed. I used to fight all the time. I didn't care who I fought. Now I don't feel like that. I'm more humble. I can walk away because I didn't think before I acted. I've always just acted. I've always had that. And my mom said, I've always had a short fuse. So now I can kind of think about things before I do it, which would have saved me a lot of... I don't like hardship because it's negative. It would have saved me a lot of unhealthy choices that I made and a lot of things that I went through. I don't really regret it because God saw me through, but a lot of things I could avoid it.
0: Uh, so you wanted to talk about saving lost souls. Mm-hmm. Is that partially how you see yourself as well?
1: Yeah, because when I was out there in the world, God gave me a chance. He gave me a chance to come to him. And now that I have been saved, that I am saved, and was in the world at one time myself, now when I see and look around people that are still lost, you know, God said in his word that he don't want anyone to perish. And I feel the same way that the Lord does. I can't save the world, but I'm I'm willing to try. And I see homeless people. I see all kind of people every day. And I look at them and I was like, I know if God done it for me, he can do it for them. Because I was like at one time the same
0: way. So what does it mean to be lost exactly?
1: It's not having Christ in your life. It's like lost. is like, It's not like lost on a ship, which it is kind of like. It's like having no direction, no sense of anything. You're just there. And once Christ came into my life, it put meaning in my life. And he showed me what life was really all about. He showed me the true life. He showed me love, true love, which I had love for my family. But when Christ came to my life, I learned so many different things. And he showed me what those things really meant. So when I was in the world, I thought money, clothes, cars. I thought those things were what really had true meaning and if a guy said he'd like you or love you or whatever but now I know the true love true meaning of love and now I know what it is to just really live life I know true happiness so I know the meaning of those things now which that was like a sense of loss because I didn't know all that
0: trying to save lost souls means like trying to give people meaning in their lives right so what specifically gives you meaning in your life well, now that I've accepted Christ, I see the real meaning of
1: life, and it is Him. Because when I was in the world, I thought that was life, and yeah. it, it's not. It's Jesus, and and that's He's our only hope. That's true love, life. That's everything that we all need in our life.
0: You first came to this realization while you were in prison. Is that what you said? Yeah, Can I've been to prison. I've
1: been to jail. Yeah, I've been to jail just for like fighting. I stealing, just little small things, but I've been to prison. Actually, I've been to prison several times. Um, I was never raised like that, never in my wildest dream that I would ever go to prison. Um, I went to prison once, I went again, then I went the third time. And each time God allowed me to come back out. I know there's people been in prison or go to prison for the first time and they'll never see the streets again. So that is like something that really hangs over my head. That's really a true blessing. And it was like for drugs. I used to sell drugs. I used to fight. I used to do all kinds of stuff. I used to steal. And that wasn't none of me. So like when God came into my life, he showed me that that wasn't what was up. It's him. Because stealing, selling drugs, everything that I need is in Christ. You know, selling drugs, I might have got it fast, had this and that, material things. But that wasn't really what life was all about. Mm. And when God came into my life, he showed me that it was all about him. And he will supply all those things. It may not come when I want it to, but He will supply my needs.
0: So you said that you came into like finding that meaning uh, while you were there. Uh, Was there someone that was like trying to show you that? Or was there just happened to be a Bible next to your bed? Well, no. When I was, when I accepted
1: Christ, that's when the uh, real meaning of different things came. But once I was in prison, I had time to really reflect over a lot of things. And then we were able to have a lot of things in there. So, you know, it was not like what people think on TV. I mean, some places in the world probably could be, but uh, we went to church. Uh, Actually, it was to be in prison. It was the best church service I ever had. Um, We sung in the choir. So we praised dance. I mean, it was awesome. And when I went to church for the first time and I seen how they performed or how the ladies danced and sang. I mean, it's some really talented people in the world. And even though people are incarcerated, there are a lot of people that really, truly love God, even though they're incarcerated. And a lot of people, when you're in situations like that, that's when you find God. So a lot of people found God in their incarceration. Yeah. Like I actually just, well, I was incarcerated when I found him, but I kind of knew of him. I just hadn't accepted him into my life. And, you know, we have Bibles, we have everything, Bible study, prayer. I mean, just like on the streets, and then when I was incarcerated, I got closer to God.
0: It kind of sounds almost like um, there's just like a lack of opportunity or a lack of like chance for like reflection on your life or something like that. Do you think that for you, like if you were just, I don't know what it would look like necessarily, but do you think that was what it was if you'd like had the opportunity to just reflect more on your life?
1: Yeah, because when you're out, you don't really take time to. Spend time with God like he would like us to, uh,
0: you know. But once
1: you're in a place like that, you don't have nothing but time. And that's when really, I guess, God can really get you. He can come to you. And he's real and he has. And uh, being in there grew my relationship with Christ. So once I got out of prison, I was protected. I had that covering. So I had everything I needed. Once I came back into the world or back into society, because like being a Christian doesn't make or exempt your life from things you have to go through because we all have to go through things. But I found I found more of him and I got closer to him in that opportunity.
0: So what exactly prevents other people from like having that opportunity, do you think? Or I guess what's preventing you to have that opportunity before do you think it's like people are too busy working or do you think people are like too caught up in like whatever or how they were raised or like maybe like whatever like cultural stigmas exist for their culture that they have? Like what, what do you I think, think stops it's just, people?
1: Well, I think what it basically boils down to is God made us all a certain way. Okay. And we all have, he gave all of us a measure of faith. Everybody has that. It's just naturally what he allowed into us. And then I just feel like common sense, God built us where you know something. You got to know somebody's there, something. A lot of people don't believe in God, but I think that it's just in everybody's life. You know, if you're busy, you're working. Some people don't want to know God. They don't care about the Bible, whatever. But I think there's come a time in my life when God presents himself to that person. He's going to show them who he is. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's going to, you know, he has his mysterious ways how he do things, but it has to be a desire. You have to want to serve him. You have to want to know him. So once God knows in your heart that you have a, de- a desire to serve him, that's when he start manifesting different opportunities for him to be able to come into your life and show you different things. He, you know, I don't know how God does it. I mean, it could be, Little bitty things, but you'll know that it's him tugging at you. So it's just how he goes to people and try to get them to get saved and show them who he is. Or when things happen, how people come together Mm. in love and, you know, to comfort one another, to help each other. And that just kind of touched my heart because even if a person's not saved, like I said, there is something in us that they already know because, like, when the tornado came... And people came together as one. So they heart opened up to that next person. So that was God. They may not have seen it that way because God prompted their heart, which is also the Holy Spirit. And it prompt them to help someone else. And love is a key factor because God commanded us to love. He didn't say we had to like everybody, but that we have to do. We have to love regardless if we want to love. or It doesn't matter. We have to love yeah. as well as forgive.
0: Did you know anyone that was impacted by the tornado that hit Nashville?
1: Yeah, I know a lot of people that got, um, that was impacted by this guy I know. Actually, I was living in his house and um, he had damage to his house. Mm -hmm. And like different people that I know, a lot of people lost a lot of stuff. You know, they lost their homes and just everything.
0: Was there anything that you were able to do for other people here to, to share that love and to express? Yeah, because. Some people been there 20, 30, 40 years. It just
1: depends on the person. Uh the rent is really low. Some rent is $20, $25, $30. But I don't want to just stay there because my rent is $30. It's not for the rest of my life. Um, I made some own choices to where I wasn't really able to afford. I've had my own places, houses, I had it all, but where I just really came afford all the bills just right now. And um I just look at it as a positive stepstone because I was homeless. I had a little homelessness situation going on and um, God didn't come when I really needed him, but he provided, he did. When he came, he showed up and showed out. And sometimes in the projects, it can be a little rough because you have people that don't live over there. They come over there, they sell drugs, they shoot. You got kids over there, they don't care. You know, kids have got shot and killed. I don't know if it's actually was on uh, Casey's property, but I know people have got shot over there. Just the other day, a couple of girls got shot. Um, I don't know what the situation to that was, but um, my cousin had called and told me that like, a couple of people got shot on South Seven. I have heard shots over there before, and I just keep praying. And, um, like I said, it's not the projects of people because I've went in people houses in the project and it looks like they live in Bell me Beverly Hills. I mean, I have seen some real nice places. I mean, like, I cannot believe how sharp their crib is, but I've seen some real dirty places too, you know? And it's just like, I feel sorry for the kids because to me, it's just, all in how you feel about yourself. And I guess what you want out of life, because everybody's not on the same path though, you know? So I guess it's like an individual thing as to how the person feel, you know, and um, this is what you make it.
0: So you, you've you lived there before and then you've, you've, you're have you've living there now again. Right. Does it like, what what drew you back there? Is it just, uh, it's an easy place to go back to when you're trying to get, pick yourself up on your feet? Well,
1: no, I had to apply for different places and stuff. And then they happened to be the one that called because I knew I didn't have a lot of income at the time to try to, afford to get my own apartment, because that's actually Mm -hmm. what my goal was, to find my own place. If I had to pay the lights, the water, rent, whatever, because I've done it before. But at the time, with the corona, everything was just so congested. Nobody was moving. Everybody was just kind of on hold for housing. It was just kind of a lot of mix-ups.
0: How did the application process work?
1: Okay, it's online, because everything now is online. Mm -hmm. So you have to kind of watch or hear it from someone mdha taking application for housing march the fifth to march the 12th so you can hear from someone or somebody that knows or you can kind of like look on google and you can just check it you can just check online mdha every now and then and then i just happened to uh, a friend of mine was telling me about his dad was going to start taking it and i put in for it and i didn't hear nothing for a minute and then uh one day they called me asked me was i still interested in the one bedroom and i said yeah so i moved in so it's kind of like you're on a list, you're yeah. on a waiting list. Like,
0: How long did it take for you to hear back?
1: Well, when I applied, um, it took a while because, like I said, I didn't really get a place until like two years. Because it the, took
0: two years? Because
1: I was already kind of like, they. what it is, is like you have to wait to the period when they're accepting it. Mm-hmm. And then it's online. And so mm-hmm. you imagine all the people that's online. So that's why they tell you kind of get it in with a certain time frame because you're going to automatically go to the top. But like I said, with the COVID, that's what slowed everything down. Because like I said, they were, you know, it's putting people out and then they had to find you a unit. And it's like kind of like Section 8, they had them, um, um fix it up, inspect it and all that. So it took two years. It um, No, was it two years? Yeah, it took two years because I like COVID slowed down everything. They kind of had shut shut it down for a minute. Even though you're on the list, they kind of shut it down. And then when they kind of opened it up, start moving people around and stuff. They actually were still physically moving people in the projects, but it was like people before me.
0: Was the uh, application process, like, was it easy just oh, it's to simple, fill it out? Yes,
1: it's yeah, really easy. easy. You get a username. You make a username and a password, and then you fill out the applications at the bottom. You register. And once you register, they ask your name, address, you know, the basics, your birthday, all the other stuff, and how many is going to be staying there. Um, they ask you your income because you don't have to have any income you can put down zero mm-hmm. and then they'll base your rent just on like the the lowest range rent and it's just different questions it's easy and then once you fill it out, they'll send you an email on what else to do.
0: So what is your apartment like?
1: I like it yeah yeah it's cool. I like it because mines is upstairs it's old I'm, the 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 projects is old anyway. Mm-hmm. but for the most part, I like my apartment because it's upstairs. Once you open my door, you go up the steps and I'm up there by myself. So I like the way it's made. And it's a lot of room. You know, I had to get used back to living by myself and it's a lot of room in that one bedroom just for me. And so I was kind of getting used to that. Still just getting, trying to get used to living by myself because I've always lived by myself. But then when I was going through my homelessness, I was staying here, staying there. I really didn't have a stable housing or, Stable. I had an address. I was just using that, and once I got my own place, I, I thank God so much for that.
0: So what are your neighbors like? I don't mm-hmm. ever see them. Really? <laughs>
1: every blue moon, and I like the area that they put me in. I thank God for provision because He already sent it. It's like the little section I live in. You don't never hardly see people out. The girl on the end, I see her. I see the lady in the corner every blue moon. You don't even see people out, but the girl on the end, she sits. She sits out every day. But other than that, I like that because the lady, it's an older lady. She's like, this area, everybody cool. And you know, never see anybody out versus like if I get off from work or go somewhere, you see anybody hanging out I'm like that. Lord, just let me get in the house safe. So I thank God for the area I live in.
0: Why do you want to leave Casey? It sounds like it's a fine place to live.
1: Because it's not the type of environment that I want to be around for a long time.
0: Yeah, you were saying it's it's the people, not the Yeah, projects. because uh,
1: a lot of the people over there, like I said, on... Um, They don't want to change, and it's the same thing every day. People shooting, drug selling, all that. So I don't want to stay in that for a long period of time. I don't want to center myself around that type of lifestyle. I've done that, and there's nothing in it.
0: Okay. Are you, like, worried that, like, it's going to trigger something? Well, no. Or revert back to something else?
1: No, no, no. It's just, like I said, I Mm prayed it out. You know, you don't never know. bullet don't have any eyes. So just pray that, you know. You, the time you live over there, you make it safe. Not saying it's that dangerous, but it's it's the hood.
0: Yeah. And
1: it's don't never know. Because like I said, a lot of times people hang over there. They don't even live over there. They're the ones that's causing the trouble
0: and they don't even stay over there. So you already applied for Section 8. Mm-hmm. What was that like?
1: Basically, Section 8 is the same as like the, the application for Section 8 is basically kind of the same as for housing, public housing. But Section 8, they have a few more things that you actually have to go through because it's a different program. Mm-hmm. It's a different type of program. So Section 8 is probably a little more paperwork. And um, Section 8 is a good program to be on. How uh, did
0: you go about doing it?
1: How did I go about getting applying mm-hmm. for Section 8?
0: Yeah.
1: The same way as uh, public housing, it'll be on like Google, or you'll hear somebody say, well, they're taking separate Section 8 applications. Uh, you can kind of look on your phone. You can kind of keep checking online, and then you can get it that way.
0: When did you do that?
1: I applied for Section Eight um, back, in... actually, I was actually I've been on the Section Eight um, list since 2019. So I've been on the list, but with the COVID, it just kind of shut a whole lot of stuff down, and it made it longer for us to get housing. So once they kind of COVID kind of start opening back up, they start actually physically moving people and stuff.
0: So you probably applied for both around the same time then, and. It just finally took right. this just a little bit longer to kick in. Yes, yeah. due to COVID, because
1: they was letting everybody know that it was taking a little longer for them to get people in because of COVID.
0: Did you have a hard time finding an apartment?
1: What, as uh, far as how, which to, one?
0: To, to actually use your Section 8 voucher
1: well, to subsidize
0: um, your rent. Was, was it hard to find an apartment? How did you go about doing well,
1: yeah, it? Well, yeah, I had a lot of challenges. I, it made me want to give up, but um, I just kept pushing, kept pushing. Because they give you a list. They give you a list of all these places that take Section 8. On the list, some of the places, the number's not the same. They don't take Section 8 anymore. So there's a lot of challenges, you know. Then I had to work and try to get home and, you know, look up places because my voucher only had a certain time before it expired. So I just got blessed. I don't know. One day it had to be God. I woke up. And these apartments that I had already looked at because I was doing my homework, but I kind of stopped for about a week because I really didn't care no more because it's really stressful. And so I was sitting on my bed and I got back at it again. And it was these apartments and it was right at the top of the paper. And it's like my hand just hit it. And when I looked at it, it said Gibson Creek. And I called and they had one. I was like, because my voucher was running out that Sunday. And
0: I was like, God, you're
1: amazing. So
0: That sounds stressful to just like to have even a timeline at all.
1: When I say stressful, I mean very stressful. I had to woosah and I had to pray so hard because I just didn't, it got to the point where I didn't even want it anymore. I didn't even care. Please just leave me alone about this. But Section 8 is a nice program because if you don't work, they pay all your rent. And then if you work, you just have to pay your light bill. So it's not too bad. And then you can move it. What I like about Section 8, you can take your voucher. You can move anywhere in the world. You can move anywhere. And like with the projects, you have to stay there for a year. Mm-hmm. And then you can move somewhere else. But Section 8, like if you actually, if you live in the projects and you get a Section 8, you can move out the projects into your Section 8. But if you get a Section 8, you have to stay there. Like I think it's a year on both of them in the housing, too. But Section 8, that's good because you can move it to another state. So, you know, some people might decide to relocate and they can find something and move on. So it has its benefits.
0: Do you think that uh, that time limit is necessary or a good idea from other experiences that other people have told me that they've had with it? It seems like it just stresses them out and Almost, it feels like it shouldn't really be there.
1: It, it, yeah. I don't like it because I feel like they should. This is my thing with that. They give you sixty days. I think they used to give you ninety days because I've been on well, Section You eight get before,
0: sixty, and then I think you're allowed to extend. It you get to an extension, yeah. I think you only I think, get one. I think I'm not, sure. I'm
1: not for sure what the extension is because I got yeah. one. Yeah. But I meant to ask her yesterday what how long was the extension. But um, I think if it's gonna be a time limit, I just feel they should give you a little more time because. If you working and you gotta go home, tend to your family, you gotta go grocery shop. If you have all these other things you have to do by the time you get home, you ain't got enough strength to be looking for no an apartment and you gotta call the people, you gotta do this, you gotta email them this. Because I I mean, I went through a lot about this. And I told God, thank you, but it had got to the point where I was just telling the lady yesterday, I don't want it, y'all can have it. But I had I couldn't give up, you know what I'm saying? I said because I felt like if God blessed me with it, He wants me to have it. Because all good things come from God. And even when I moved in housing, that was his call. So I thank him. Because I didn't have nowhere
0: of my own. Why do you think that time limit is put on? To to see if you're going to do it. To see if you're going to do it? I think it's
1: like a challenge. to see They want to see if you really want it.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because it rushes you. Okay. And like I said, they give you a list. So they do give you a list. They give you some paper. They give you several lists to start with. And a lot of those places do take section eight. So you make can hit bingo once and it may take you a long time to hit. Mm -hmm. But if you don't give up, you'll score. So that's what happened to me. I just, one morning, just woke up. And like I said, I said, here I go, Lord. I don't have to go through this again. And I just, my hand, so when I opened the book, my hand hit right there. And I just happened to look at the top of the page. And I called them. And they was like, yeah, we got some, yada, 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 something. Prayerfully, I'll be moving soon.
0: When are you going to move in?
1: Well, I am supposed to move in the second week of January. So I went out there yesterday, and she was like, "Cause I wanted one with a balcony," mm-hmm. and I said, like, "You know, if I have company, we can sit outside, Louis, in the summer." And then I I wanted one with the had the black appliances. I'm tired of white appliances, which no problem. But so she said, "Um, now I'll be moving for real now, cause when we when I spoke with the guy, he already sent what they need." Yeah. So she said, "That's all I was waiting for." So once got once dude do the put his hand caught, then they'll send me an email. She showed me what the email looked like. And let me know what, what I'm going to pay and what they're going to pay. So I won't be paying anything. Well, I start this job Monday. So once I report the job, they'll tell me how much my rent is. I went to prison in 2016 and I got out in 2019. So when I got out in 2019, I was struggling as far as trying to establish housing again. And so um, this girl, her brother had like a house that he really wasn't staying in. And he said that I can stay there. So I stayed there for like 11 months. Then I had an opportunity that I thought, and I moved out. I moved with this guy, and when I moved over there with the guy, you know, I stayed with him for about four days. He was like a man. He kind of put me in a situation because I guess it was this girl he was messing with. He was probably just mad He hadn't been with her like in a month, but I feel like he put me in that position, probably like trying to make her jealous. And so I moved out of there. And after that, I was I was staying everywhere. I like I've never been through this in my life. It was stressful, but I always had a job and uh I stayed in a hotel. Then I moved to another hotel and God just provided. I was living in a room and house, but it was really nice. I mean, it was beautiful. It was kinda high, but I just I, you know, paid it. And then housing called and God just finally gave me my own place. A lot of times he don't come when we want to, but he sees what you're going through. He already know. And he he knew I was tired. And he blessed me with my own place.
0: Do you see it as as God giving you these things, or do you see it as uh God like opening doors and you're taking the action to to do them? It's both. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because he don't want to make ways possible. But you have to do your part too. He will open that door, but then you know, he's not gonna just come and just drop everything in your lap. Here you go. But you have to do your part too
0: because mm-hmm. no i was just gonna say I, I don't always talk about this openly um but there there have been a handful of people i've met who see themselves like a, a part of god's plan um to the extent that like the things that i think i would and they would describe as horrible that they've experienced are like necessary um and, and i'll ask them like do you want to get housing and, and they'll say that uh god wants me to be homeless right now god gave me food stamps mm-hmm. then i would have food stamps but you know and that to me that that seems like i'm a little bit of a, like an unhealthy relationship with god right as far as like trying to make your circumstances better there you go um why do you think someone would like have that ideology? Or- because they don't want to get up and do their part to
1: get what they need. Because if you. Oh, so you
0: think they're like using God yeah. as like an excuse? Well,
1: yeah, because in, in, a, in, a, in a sense to me, hearing you say that, like I just said, God is not going to drop all this stuff in your lap because you need food stamps. You know, if you need food stamps, you know what you have to do to get them. You see what I'm saying? So that's like when this apartment came up or when my section eight came up, I know all that was from him because I had nowhere to go. And I know he provided for that, but I had to do my part too. I had to fill out the application. So he met me, you know, God met me at where I needed to be met. And I did my part and he did his part because we can't just sit around and think he's just going to keep giving us stuff, which he does, but you have to do what you have to do. And then if God, God want me homeless right now, no, he don't because he died to save your soul. He died to save you. And he don't want you out here like this. If I know I need food stamps, I can't lay there and ain't got no food and say, well, they'll be up here. They're going to put them in the mailbox in a minute. No, I have to do what it takes to get what I need. Just like when I gave the guy to fight off, it didn't matter if he had money or not. Because I'm doing the will of God, which I can't go around giving everybody five dollars. But if I if I had money, I probably wouldn't have none because I probably would give it away.
0: Yeah, that was interesting on our way over here that you uh, you did give someone some money, but you were just saying that you don't actually have a lot of it yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's interesting as to why why do you feel more compelled to do that than somebody who might have a lot more money?
1: Well, it's just my heart, and now. Uh, a lot of times when I give people, God prompts me to do that. And he'll tell you who to give to. And then another reason why, because I am a giver. I love to give. I don't have to have nothing and can give you to shut off my back. Because I've always been like that. But I'm not going to give to where I don't have anything for myself. You know, I used to have a lot of money. Like, I, I used to be all right. And I mean, I have, I keep a little something now. But like I said, I hadn't been working so I had to wait to get my check. And like I try to at least keep something in the bank just for a rainy day or something happen. Or I need a tire or anything. But it's going to be okay. That's going to make a way. Which he already done because you have to get up and work regardless. <laughs>
0: uh, is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Any final words? Anything yeah, you want to leave, leave us thank, with?
1: I just want to thank God for you. I thank God that I actually met you. And I just thank God for just... I just thank God for you. And I I love you. For me? Yeah, I I truly do. I thank the Lord. I I, I pray for you, your family. I pray for everybody. I just thank God for allowing us to meet. Because I say I'm really like a loner and I really don't just deal with people. But I feel safe and secure. And like when I'm around you, I feel happy. I feel joyful. I feel all those things because a lot of times I feel lonely. I feel lonely because I just, I know God is there, but. I just want to do God's will. I don't trust a lot of people. And I just try to be what God wants me to be to people. Because I've been through things too. But it wasn't God that done it. It was just like not listening sometimes or making the wrong choices. But he He spared my life and he gave me those chances again. Somebody didn't get that chance. And I think I'm like, I met somebody good, even if I'm not around you every day. You know, I think you you a lot because when I met you, I just thank God for good people.
0: Are you okay? Mm-hmm. okay. Well, I'm happy we got to meet you, Sally. Do you thank feel you. like there's like pressure? Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: No, it's just God. It's just His goodness. So. Yeah. Well,
0: it sounds like you've been carrying a lot of weight, and I'm really happy that you're able to relieve some of it and grow into the person that you want to be. Thank you.
1: Since this episode was recorded, Sally has moved into an apartment further
0: east has
1: a job she really enjoys and is able to be that much more involved in her church.